Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about spiritual disciplines, and specifically my message is called Fasting Before the Lord. So one of the most major spiritual disciplines that that has absolutely changed and I really mean changed my life, is um, the discipline of fasting. I know that lots of people have a little bit of trouble with fasting. They sometimes think that it's kind of a religious thing or a a, a pharisaical thing, Um, something that the Pharisees and Sadducees did, you know? Um, It's not. When I started looking into it, I learned that in the Old Testament, uh, God prompted the Israelites to uh, pray and to fast often. And then in the New Testament, even Jesus fasted. So it's not a religious thing. It's a Jesus thing. And if Jesus fasted, then we should fast. Having said that, I want to talk to you today about fasting before the Lord, okay? Um, As most of you know, we are ramping up to get ready for our annual fast. We love to fast as a church. We think that it's um, when you bring a community together and you uh, sanctify yourself and you do that in community, the power that that creates in our lives, especially when we get together, is magnified. And it's not just magnified, but it's multiplied. And so um, that's what I want to talk to you about today. What we like to do is, we used to do it at the beginning of every year, and now instead of the beginning of the year, we like to do it during this holy time, during Lent. So we are starting our community or church family fast uh, on, on uh, March 14th, which is a Sunday, at sunup. And then we will break the fast on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, sun up, which is April 4th. 21 days is what we're asking you to fast with us. And so I kind of would like to talk about that. I'd like to talk about the fact that um, when we're asking you to fast as a family, as a community, for the reasons I just said, one thing that I think is really important is, and, and if you know me at all, you know I'm a love girl. I'm all about, I am so in love with my Savior. And any time that you hear from me, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear about personal relationship. You're going to hear about how he's changed me from the inside out. I tell you that message that Joel preached last week had me in tears. Um, Not just the whole time he was preaching it, but the whole week. Because I'm that girl that God absolutely stepped down into my life and changed everything. He absolutely saved me and I am a girl so in love. So having said that, I want you to understand that when I got a hold of the fact that um, spiritual disciplines 
personal spiritual disciplines would take me to places I never thought I could be with my creator, I want to tell you about that. I want you to know what that's like because I want you to experience that too. I want you to experience power in your life. And listen, I have not arrived. I want to go to even a greater place of power. I said to Jesus this year, listen, Jesus, I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover like I've never seen before. I want to cast out demons this year, Father. I want to change the city that you're sending us into. And he has sent us into the city of Sandy. We do have a new building and it's time for all of us to go to another level. There's things that he wants us to do and there's people that need to be saved and there's demons that need to be cast out and there are people that need to be set free. And if we would just dig in our heels and fast together, that can happen. That can absolutely happen. He's called us to that. That's it. That's all I have. Just kidding. <laughs> I have a lot to say, but anyway, um, so I want to talk to you about this, this, um, spiritual discipline of fasting. Okay. I want to talk to you about that power that's available to you. Um, I've already talked about how it's not a religious thing. It's a Jesus thing. So let's, um, look at Matthew 6, 16, Matthew 6, 16, and I'm going to read to you from the Passion Translation, okay? I love the Passion Translation. In fact, let me just share this with you. Since I have found the Passion Translation, because I've read the Word of God for over 20 years now, I love the Word of God. When I found the Passion Translation, it took my heart to a whole other place. It so touches my life and touches my heart in a deep way. And so I would just, you know, kind of like our marriages, you know, we want to keep spicing them up. We want to keep them exciting. Things like that, switching to a different translation for a season can spice things up again with the Lord, can make you excited again about the word in a way that maybe you haven't been for a while. So I would encourage you to um, do things like that. Um, you know, worship before you pray, pray before you worship, find another place buy a prayer chair, you know, do things in your life that keep things with God exciting for you if you've been walking with him a while. Amen. All right. So uh, Matthew 6, 16 through 18 in the Passion Translation says this, when you fast, don't look like those who pretend to be spiritual. They want everyone to know they're fasting. So they appear in public looking miserable, gloomy, and disheveled. Believe me, they've already received their reward in full. When you fast, don't let it be obvious, but instead, wash your face and groom yourself and realize that, here's the key, your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do. Again, this is a personal thing. When you decide to discipline your life with prayer, with reading the word, with worship, praying instead of sleeping, um, worshiping when all you want to do is complain. Um, when you choose to back away from the table and fast, when you choose the headache and the tummy ache over 
the comfort of your flesh. It changes everything. And that's, and that's what I want to talk more about today, okay? Uh, fasting is incredibly good for you for two reasons. First, it's physically good for your body. Doctors recommend that we fast. A lot of us now have an intermittent fasting lifestyle. It's good because it removes the toxins from our bodies. But another reason why it's good, it's physically good, it's also good for your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Your soul needs to be detoxified too. Man, we take in toxins all the time. When we look at things, when we read things, when we, you're just scrolling on our phones. It's so important to fast because our physical bodies need to release toxins and as do our toxic thoughts, our toxic um, thinking needs to go. Amen? Okay, then the other thing is, the second um, reason why fasting is good for us is that it's good for us spiritually. Fasting is opening the door to a deeper, more intimate, more powerful relationship with God. So it's good for every part of us. We are three-part beings. It's good for our physical body. It's good for our soul, and it's good for our spirit. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be filled. I don't know about you, but I want to be full of Jesus because I know when I'm full of him, he's going to flow out onto other people. And it's all about that. Amen? All right. Uh, so let me start by telling you that there is more God has for you in your life. There is so much more. And fasting will reveal the more. Fasting will reveal the more. I think God would like to invite you on an incredible journey with him called spiritual personal discipline. Amen. And one of the biggest things in, in discipline is this fasting, like I've said. Some women say that the way to a woman's heart is through his, or, excuse me, some women say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, right? I think the devil says that too. Because when you think about it, in Genesis 2, Adam and Eve uh, uh, Adam and Eve literally ate themselves right out of God's perfect will for their lives. I mean, think about that. The Bible starts, obviously, in Genesis 1 by Genesis 2, and we don't know how long in between there. <laughs> but they literally, through food, ate themselves right out of the will of God. I think it's possible that a lot of us are doing that today. So let's talk more about that. It's possible that we're suffering the consequences of our appetites as well. See, this seems like it's just a food thing, but it's really so much deeper than food. So much deeper. During your fast, God will show you all kinds of spiritual principles. He'll reveal bondages. He'll reveal soul ties that you've had. He'll reveal weak places in your lives that he wants to come in and strengthen. Deep things, painful things that he wants to come in and uproot 
When you get those things out of your life, when you let him dig them up, when you come to a place where you're so vulnerable and so willing to be open with him and let him get in there and dig that stuff out, your life will change. Your life becomes so powerful. Part of this fasting thing is about becoming a, a clean vessel for him. It's about becoming this empty vessel that he can fill. I know that sounds like kind of a far-reaching thing, but I'm telling you, once you get into this thing, it is amazing. It is amazing how fasting can change you. It creates a spiritual hunger in you. When you put that thing under, when you put that stomach under, and you understand, oh my gosh, I hurt. I hurt and I hunger for food right now. And instead of turning to food, I'm going to teach and train my spirit to rise up and be stronger than my physical stomach. And in, and in, in um, not going to food and not taking in that food, but instead going and taking in the word, using this as food, God said, Jesus said um, that he's our bread. He said, I'm your bread. I'm your living water. If we hunger and thirst for him, if we take our hunger for food and we turn it to Jesus, and we start getting into that word and we start pulling that in, we're going to find, I'm telling you, it's supernatural. When we fill our spirit, when we hunger and thirst after God and we put that flesh down, that flesh shuts up. It really does shut up. It's amazing. It's amazing. My notes are obliterated. Totally obliterated. <laughs> Let's talk about this. I want to um, I want to talk about Jesus in the in the desert. I mentioned about Adam and Eve in the garden. I mentioned that they gave up the will of um, the perfect will of God in their lives because of food. Now, on the contrary. Jesus uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That same voice that whispered to Adam and Eve in the garden also came to Jesus. And I want to point out that unlike us, Jesus responded in Matthew 4.4 and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, devil, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. Wow. Can I just point out here that the word of God sustained Jesus, the word of God only sustained Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights without food. And when he came back from the desert to continue his ministry, this happened. Let's look at it. I want to read to you Matthew 17. If you have your Bible there, open your Bible to Matthew 17. And I'm going to start reading in verse 14, okay? It says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire 
and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Think if you're this father and you've got this child and the enemy has afflicted him and he has epilepsy. And there's another translation that says the enemy himself through this, through this epilepsy, through this sickness, is trying to hurt this boy, is throwing him into the fire and trying to drown him in water. And this father is totally aware of how the enemy has come into his family and he wants him out. And he takes his boy to these men of God and he says, help me. And they're not able. So now he comes to Jesus. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked that demon, and it came out of that boy, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, and they said, Why could we not cast that out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, let me say that again, because of your unbelief, Jesus said. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And here's the key. In verse 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I'm picturing us in our new building and a man brings his boy. We do not want him to come to the men and women of God, and we not have the power by the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of the cross to lay hands on that boy and have those demons cast out. In the name of Jesus, he gave us that power and that power because we have prayed, because we have fasted, that boy will be saved when he brings him to our church when he brings him to our altar, altar in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, there are three big spiritual benefits to fasting, and I want to talk about those. The first big spiritual benefit is that fasting brings us into deeper intimacy with God. It helps us to understand his perfect will for our specific situation and circumstance. His perfect will for our specific situation and circumstance. Again, fasting brings us into deeper intimacy with God. My favorite example of this is in Psalm 42. David's in major distress at this point in his life, and he presses into God during a fast. And he says in verse 1, this is beautiful. He says in verse 1, Oh God, as the deer pants for the living water, so my soul longs for you, O oh God. And then in verse 3, he says, My tears have been my food day and night. He's not eating, he's fasting. He's pouring himself out to God. And then in verse 7, it says, And deep calls unto deep. In his fasting, David cried out to God. The result was that he experienced an intense longing for God in verse 1, and then an equally intense infilling 
from God in verse 7. He cries out. And what does, how does God respond? By filling him up. By filling him up. Because he's fasting. He's sanctifying himself. He's separating himself into the Lord. It's so powerful. It doesn't surprise me at all that the enemy would take that and call it a religious thing. Why? So that we won't do it. Because the enemy knows the power that's in it. He knows that we need it. He knows we need these spiritual disciplines. And so he tries to, he tries to come in there with his lies and tell us that you don't need to do that. That's a, that's a man-made rule. That's a religious thing. That's like the Pharisees used to do. No, it isn't. It's powerful. And it's a Jesus thing. Amen. The second thing about fasting. Fasting opens doors and brings miraculous provision and favor. That my, I have a good example of this. Miraculous, miraculous provision and favor. We were fasting in California before we ever moved to Utah. And during a fast, my husband heard that we were supposed to plant a church. He didn't know where. During the same fast, my son Joel heard that we were supposed to go to a place wherein people thought themselves to be saved, but they were not. And then, while fasting, my other son Chase heard that he was not to go to ORU, which was his absolute dream college. He always wanted to go to ORU. He was in the middle of signing up and God said, you will stay with your parents and you will plant this church. You will go online and you will plant this church. We don't even know the fullness of that yet. Maybe it's the experience. Maybe he's supposed to plant a church himself someday. Maybe he's supposed to be a campus pastor. Maybe he's supposed to, I mean, who knows? But we know that whatever that was about, there will be fruit in the future. We trust God. And we know, like I'm saying, the second point, fasting opens doors to miraculous, to the miraculous miracles, um, favor, and provision. Amen. He does that. And then the third thing, supernatural things happen when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Supernatural things happen when we take ourselves and present ourselves as a living sacrifice. So the most eye-opening thing I've ever experienced when fasting is just how strong my flesh can be and just how flesh-ruled we are as human beings. What do I mean by flesh? Let me explain flesh. The book of Romans teaches us about our flesh, but let me break it down for us today. We're a three-part being. I started talking about this a little earlier. We have a physical body. That's our, that's our, um, uh, our five senses, right? Our taste, sight, touch, smell, hearing. Our physical body, our earth suit that we live in is our flesh. It's the lowest way of living. If we choose to live by our flesh, our flesh will always look for comfort. It wants to be warm. It wants to be fed. It wants to be comfy all the time. Our flesh is in direct opposition of our spirit. As a believer, the goal is to live spirit-led, live spirit-first. It's a higher way of living when we're, when we're living for God. So my, I am a spirit. I am not a fleshly body. Someday when I die, this is going to become worm food. 
So I am a spirit. My spirit will live on in eternity, whether it goes to heaven or it goes to hell. I'm a spirit first, spirit being. God's a spirit and he created me in his image, a spirit. Then I have a soul. And when I die, my spirit will take my soul to heaven because I'm born again. I've given my life to Jesus. The only way to get to God is through Jesus. So I have a relationship with Jesus whoop, whoop, and I am going to heaven. My spirit will take my soul and my body will become worm food. So there's really no point to live by my flesh. It's not eternal. It's going to pass away someday. And if I spend my life living to my flesh, comforting my flesh, I will live low. I will not have victory. I will not have peace. I will not have any power in my life. And I certainly will not be able to help other people get free or live in victory themselves. For most of us, our flesh is the strongest part of us. And there's no better way to know that than when we start fasting because your spirit, your, excuse me, your flesh will start to scream out. You'll get headaches, you'll get stomach aches, you'll feel terrible. And you will want nothing more than to get in your car and hit the first fast food place you can possibly get to. I mean, my gosh, you will eat things in your cupboard you have never eaten before. You'll want to, right? Those things that have been sitting in there, totally the date was 10 years ago. You'll be all about that. When we don't do that, <laughs> when we choose not to answer that cry of our flesh, but instead to shut it up by going to the word, by reading the word, it makes such a big difference in our lives. So during the fast, your flesh is going to cry out. And like I said, you're going to want to shut it up. The flesh is always looking for comfort. Like I said, I can guarantee that your flesh is going to be after food, your phone and your TV, food, phone, and TV. This is how this works. So during the fast, the best thing to do is to get rid of all of them. Put your phone down, you know, for us to, for us to take off those, take, I take Facebook off my phone. I take Instagram off my phone. I take Pinterest off my phone. Pinterest is the biggest one. It's so hard not to look at Pinterest, especially now that we're designing a church. I want to have my nose in Pinterest all day, every day, but I have to take those things off. Otherwise, I will do Pinterest instead of pray. I will watch TV instead of worship. But when I close those things off, uh, there's been years that we, we even take our TV and put it in the garage. We unplug it and put it in the garage so that we're not tempted by it. True. Our flesh will always be contrary to our spirit. I mentioned that to you. It's a difficult thing to put down our phones and read and study the word. It's not easy to get up in the morning and pray. It's not easy when, we're, when we get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom instead of going back to the mattress to head to the prayer chair or head to the couch or head to somewhere where I'm sitting up and um, alert and praying. It's not an easy thing to do. Our flesh wants to go to sleep. 
Our flesh wants to zone out on TV. I know it's hard. It's it's exact. It's how our uh, it's how our life on this earth is. Um, I don't know. Is set up. I suppose. That's what we do. That's the life we live. You know, it's to feed our flesh. It's to comfort our flesh. Supernatural things happen though, when we when we go away from that. So in Romans twelve one and two, let's read that. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, the word of God says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God in spiritual worship, is what another, is what the Amplified talks about. If we want to experience increasing degrees of God's power and presence in our lives, we must, in very real and specific ways, present our bodies as living sacrifices. Supernatural things happen when we do that. All throughout the Old Testament, as well as the New, there is example after example of God revealing himself in extraordinary ways simply because his people chose to separate themselves from the distractions of life and devoted their attention to him. Church family, please hear what I'm going to say right now. If you hear nothing else, please hear this because it's so important. We're moving into a new house. God has given us his own living room. God has given us this house in this city. Listen, we looked at property in every city. I think we looked at every available property for months and months and months, and this is where God put us. This is where he wants us. It's time to consecrate ourselves before God and tap into the supernatural, wonder-working power of God, the kind of power that saves a city, and the kind of power that enables us to love the people in that city. And let me say this too, it's no accident that you live in the house where you live. That's your city. Take that city, one person at a time, take that city for Jesus. We will come and help you take your city. <laughs> and we will take the city of Sandy together in the name of Jesus. I promise you, and again, please hear this, I promise you, there will be some, de some demons present there that will only come out by prayer and fasting. God has called us there. He wants to set people free in that city and in the city where you live. He has hand-picked us, hand-picked us, all of us, to be his hands and his feet. And like I said in the beginning, we will cast out demons. We will see people saved and we will do greater works for the kingdom of God. 
in the city of Sandy. In Jesus' name. So the truth is, I look forward to fasting now. I can't believe I'm even saying that, but it's really true. I look forward to it every year. It's become really exciting for me because I know that God's going to make changes in my life and my life is going to be more powerful. And that power and those changes are going to flow out onto the people around me. You know, one of the things I really love, one of the sayings I really love is that a fruit doesn't, excuse me, a tree does not produce fruit for itself. A tree is not going to eat its own fruit. A tree produces fruit. We produce fruit for the people around us to partake of. It's important that we understand how much God wants to grow us and produce fruit in our lives. Why? So that other people can partake, be healthy, be strong, and grow fruit. Why? For other people to partake, grow strong, and produce fruit, and on and on. It's a principle of the kingdom of God. It's how God thinks. It's his, like my husband says, it's his nature and character. It's what he wants to do in us and through us and around us. Amen? Amen. So let's get really practical here, okay? This is the super practical part. I've given you the spiritual part. Now let's talk like brass tacks. I think that's how that saying goes. Um, Want to talk about your fast. Again, you have about two weeks to get ready. So this is what you want to do to, to, to help you prepare, okay? Number one, you're going to decide how long and what kind of fast you want to do. Again, personal relationship. I told you in the beginning, I'm all about personal relationship. So you will pray. You'll get with God and you'll decide with him what he wants you to do. Here are some recommendations. If you have never fasted before, 21 days is three weeks. If you've never fasted before, we recommend that you fast, completely fast, only drink water one day each week. That's a 24-hour fast, water only. You will have a headache, you will have a tummy ache, you will be grumpy, you will have to go to God in that 24 hours in order to sustain you, okay? You will, you're a, if you're a beginner, this is a good place to start because you will get the full effect of how it feels to fast, all right? Then, um, next, kind of next level, or another thing we recommend is doing a Daniel fast. Now, the Daniel fast is found in Daniel chapter 10. It's um, the, uh, the principle of a Daniel fast is simply that you eat fruit, vegetables, beans, and nuts. The concept is that Daniel did not partake of the king's delicacies. That's meat, that's dairy, that's anything sweet. No sugar, no meat, no dairy. That's a Daniel fast. Now, I believe this year, what my husband and I are hearing from the Lord is that we're going to do a juice fast. We're gonna juice fast the first three days of each of the three weeks. We will fast for three days and only do vegetables through our juicer. And then the rest of the week, we will do, we will switch into a Daniel fast. That's what we're doing. You're welcome to do that with us if you'd like. Now I'm going to be sending out in an under the bridge, which is an email that goes out to all of our church family. Please make sure that we have your correct email. 
Um, I'm going to send out a Daniel Fast food list, and that food list is going to help you to know these things I can partake of and these things I can't, okay? Um, if you choose to do a Daniel Fast, if that's what the Lord speaks to your heart, then I, um, I can help you with that by sending you this email and you'll, uh, and you'll know how to do that, okay? Um, <clears throat> some people, I, I know that there's, um, there's another family in the church this year and they're just going to do, they're going to juice the whole time. Um, they're a whole nother level. Praise the Lord. We'll be praying for them. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, that's, um, that's, the, that's how you're going to prepare. You're going to decide ahead of time what your parameters are, and then you will stick to those. Those, let me tell you, do not change those. Hear from the Lord, make your plan, and stick to your plan. You don't change your plan when it gets tough. You stick to your plan. Amen? Okay, the second thing. Decide that there will be bumps in the road for you to overcome. Listen, it never fails. There's going to be potlucks at work. Someone's going to hand make you your favorite dessert. People are going to invite you to go to your favorite restaurant. Re, just, just get it in your little heart. This is what I do. I get it in my little heart. No matter who calls, I'm going to say, you know what? Let's schedule that for three weeks from now. I would love to go hang out with you at such and such place. I would love to belly up to a table with you at this restaurant. However, I right now am doing something called a Daniel Fast. And then it's an awesome opportunity to be able to tell them about the power of God in my life because I choose to not partake of this lovely delicacy they've just made me. <laughs> okay, that's number two. Number three, decide to record your favorite shows. This will take time, excuse me, this will make time for you to pray, time for you to talk to God, for him to hear you and for you to hear him. If you are staying away from your TV, if you're just all your favorite stuff, it'll be there in three weeks. This is only 21 days. You can do it. You can do it. At night, don't turn the TV on. Don't turn it on for 21 days. Get in there and worship God. Get in there and, and, um, and pray. Journal. Talk to him. Talk to him about your day. How, how was it? Check in with him at night. Check in with him in the morning. Don't turn on the news. There's nothing to see. For 21 days, you're going to be okay. It's just a thought. Again, personal relationship. <laughs> okay. Uh, number four, uh, decide to cut off the distraction of social media. Like I said, I take it totally off my phone. I don't even go there. Decide to get rid of the social media for 21 days. I see a lot of people on Facebook that'll go on and they'll say, hey, see you in 21 days, doing a fast. Again, it's another awesome opportunity to tell people about Jesus in your life. It's a great opportunity. Uh, number five, decide to worship rather than give in to temptation. Over the next couple of weeks, I recommend you make playlists. Make some worship playlists, and then you'll keep them. You'll use them all the time. When you're going through a hard time, you'll put your earbuds in your ears and put that, put that worship on. And I'm telling you, God invades the praises of his people. You start praising God. You start giving him the glory. You start shouting the victory, and you will be a victor. I'm telling you, this stuff works. This is supernatural stuff. It's spiritual stuff. Um, the, the word of God is alive and powerful. Amen? 
So, um, make playlists and these will lift your spirit and they'll bring the peaceful presence of God to you when your flesh is screaming. This will shut it up immediately. I'm telling you immediately. Okay, number six. Decide to download Jensen Franklin's prayer journal. Okay? Let me be honest. I don't think I could successful, I could be successful in my 21-day fast if I did not have this prayer journal. This prayer journal, I hit it up about three, maybe four times a day. I read it and I reread it and I reread it. And I've been fasting now for nine years straight. And I have not ever done it without the Jensen Franklin prayer journal, okay? Um, again, in that email I was telling you about, I will put a link in there. Um, and we will, and you can get the Kindle version and you can start. Now, I'm, I'm recommending start now. Take that, there's a, there's a portion in there before you hit day one that will get your little spirit ready. It will get your mind ready. You will be completely ready to start your fast if you get that prayer journal today and then you get, and you read everything before day one. Get ready, be successful, set yourself up for success, okay? And then the last one, uh, number seven, commit to joining us for prayer and worship as often as you can. We are opening the brand new church every night for prayer. It's gonna be no carpet. It's gonna be concrete floors. It's gonna be amazing. You will be there from the very beginning and we will have, do you know we have a new, a new worship leader? We are gonna be worshiping together in the house of God. It's gonna be a house of prayer, just like the Bible said to make it. We're gonna pray, we're gonna fast, we're gonna worship together every single night from the 14th until the 3rd, from 7 p.m. until 8-ish. And I say ish because in the past when we have set our when we have set this time aside and we have prayed, God brings a word. He brings prophetic words. He gives us visions. And as we start sharing those things, those things start coming together. And it becomes this thing that we don't even want to stop. The presence of God fills the room and we don't want to stop. So from 7 to 8-ish, we're going to be praying, worshiping, and fasting together every night at the church, 7 o'clock. So I want to encourage you um, to come to that. Let me close with this. Fasting is not just a spiritual discipline. It can be a spiritual feast. Once you taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Your hunger for more of his presence eclipses any limitation of your understanding. God knows more about what you need than you know about what you need. He knows you better than you know you. So our relationship with the Lord can get us into ruts and routines. When we don't do what it takes to stay sharp in our spirits, when this happens, our praying, worshiping, reading the word can become heartless routines. When you feel dry, to take that, and to fast at that point will take that dryness away. That routine will go. When you draw near to him, the Bible says he'll draw near to you. And sometimes it takes a discipline like that. 
Sometimes it takes a serious measure in order to get back into that sweet spot with him. It's not that we don't love the Lord, but the busyness and the hustle of life can bring us to the point of losing our freshness. We don't ever want to lose our freshness. It's like what I was saying about the Passion Translation earlier. It, you know, we need to keep our enthusiasm. We need to keep our sensitivity to his voice. Always be listening. So when your flesh cries out, you're going to grab your prayer journal, your Jensen Franklin prayer journal, and do what it tells you to do in there because it has things for you to do. You grab that journal, you read that journal, you walk it out, do what it says to do, and then after that, you go and get some raw vegetables, a handful of nuts, and some water. And you just let your tummy cry out all it wants because you have gone to a higher place. This is absolutely next level. This is next level living. And I want to invite you to go there with us. We're so excited about all that God wants to do in your life. And so if you would allow me, I want to pray for you right now. Let's bow our heads. Father, I lift up these amazing people to you, your sons and your daughters, God. I thank you for what you are getting ready to do. God, you are going to crash into lives. You are going to mess them up. You are going to change them completely. They're going to look different, sound different, feel different, do different than they ever were before this fast. And we're so thankful that you're the God that reaches down into our guts, into our lives, that sits with us in our mess. And sometimes it's messy. But you sit with us. You love us. You love us to life. It's like you love the death right out of us and you love us to life, God. We're so thankful that every detail of our lives matters to you. We're so excited about how you're going to grow us in this 21-day fast. And so all of us right now invite you. We invite you, Father. Put your hands up. Oh, we invite you, Father. Come and crash in. Come and change us from the inside out. We want that power that's available, God. We want to change our cities. We want to change our families. We want to be changed by you, God. And so we invite you to come. We invite you to come. And we give our lives. We become living sacrifices for you, Father. Right now, committing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one more thing. If you're watching me and you have never given your life to Christ, and when I'm talking about all that's available to you and I'm talking about a personal relationship, you've never ever done that. I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now, right where you're sitting. It's so important. Let me tell you, the best thing I ever did with my life was give it to Jesus because he has taken what used to be a broken woman and he has made me whole. He completes me and now my identity is in him and nobody can tell me 
that I am anything but amazing to God. I know that I am loved. I know that I belong. And I know that I was created on purpose for a purpose. I am a miracle. I am God's beloved. And nobody can ever take that from me. And I want you to know that he wants to give you that kind of love. He wants to give you that kind of purpose. He wants to make you healthy and whole. The only way that happens is to know the one that created you. I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. Like I said earlier, the only way that you get to God is through Jesus. You have to know Jesus. He sent his son to die for you. And he did that because we were not in right standing with him. Good old Adam and Eve messed it up. We needed Jesus to bring us back. You have to accept Jesus in order to get to the Father. He's the one that died so that you could live. So right now, I want you to say this prayer after me. Repeat what I'm saying. Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent for the stuff I've done in the past. God, I know I need Jesus. I know I need a Savior. I'm asking for Jesus to save me. I'm asking to be a new creature. Not at all like I used to be. New, whole, born again. Thank you for sending your son. I accept him. In Jesus' name. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. Because of the recent events with COVID-19, we are meeting in Harriman temporarily until our new building is ready. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org or you can email info at thebridgelive.org or simply text 801-391-6969.